Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Uh, joining me this week, uh, as he is, as I have said every time since he's now the uh, co-host, contractually obligated to do uh, from here until uh, in perpetuity, really. It's uh, Nick Sirius. Nick, welcome back to the program, sir. Thank you, James. Always a pleasure to be back on the air on a regular basis with the Simply Stogies podcast. You, uh, you, you say that every time, like you're very happy to be here. I am. And, I'm, and, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the uh, the media, f- I guess you would call it uh, wow. not full time per se, but I, well, you know. on, a, on a regular schedule. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, the cigar world uh, has many different elements and hats and one of, for me, important part is talking to everyone about cigars in general. And I love being here talking with like-minded folks about anything to do with cigars. So here we are. Yeah. So just a few quick notes before we get into our guest. I'm really excited about our guest uh, because I'm going to learn a lot today. I'm sure Nick's going to learn a lot today. And hopefully uh, you folks at home learn a lot today. Uh, but I know coming up, Nick, you're going to be in uh Cuba, so we're going to have some Cuban news coming up here in the next uh, uh, next week, I would imagine. Well, 15th. my two my two favorite weeks to be in Cuba are the first being the Habanos Festival, which is always the last week of February, and um, it's a very packed, busy week. It's work, but you know what? It's fun work. It's yeah, all about cigars, it? and um, the most. The best part about the whole thing is I get to see people that I generally only see once or twice a year, and we all get together. The whole world convenes on Havana, uh, and we just love to hang out and smoke cigars among the work. And I will be back, and I will report everything that uh, I've learned for that week. There you go. Be, uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Nick, um, <laughs> I, I really am. Uh, make sure you go to uh, simplystogies.com. Uh, and follow along there, all the great content, including next week, Clear the Air, where Tim and myself will be talking about this episode, the after show uh, on uh, the 8th of March. But now let's let's introduce our guest uh, from Banff Cigars. Now, if you're not familiar with what Banff stands for, unless I'm mistaken, uh, badass motherfucker, uh, it's Ishmael Olivan, Ishmael Ish, uh, if you will. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me, guys. No, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, Nick, I I have seen you, I believe, on on an Instagram show, uh, recently, or someone on Instagram on one of those sh- uh, Instagram uh, cigar shows that I watched was was talking mm-hmm. about Banff cigars. And it got me curious, and then Nick brought up, uh, and so I kind of want to throw it to Nick ish, if you don't mind, because I I want to hear how how. I want to hear Nick's story on how you guys met. So Nick. Well, um, I want to look, there's a million podcasts out there and we all kind of try to do the same thing, but I think our passion comes through in whatever uh, anyone in the cigar world does. And you'll see it not only in ish, but pretty much every cigar manufacturer. Well, uh, I was introduced to ish by a mutual friend and fan slash customer out of Florida. And he was telling me, hey, you should meet this guy ish. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And everybody and their brother's got a factory, everybody and their brother. <laughs> and, and, and I'm really and I and I hate to be that negative guy, but there are so many 
bullshitters. Let's let's call it what it is. There's so many people out there that just love to bullshit. And you meet a lot of them, not just in the cigar world, in, in every industry. So I was a little bit hesitant at first, but after a lot of um, prodding from our mutual friend, I said, yeah, I'd love to talk to the guy. Why not? And he was telling me his cigars are good and this and that. So I said, yeah. And uh, we had a phone conversation and I knew right from the start, this guy was the real deal. And not only does he share that mutual passion about cigars that pretty much everybody has in this industry, but he loves what he does and he knows what he's doing. And he's he he goes outside the box. And that's what I love about this industry, that if you follow everybody else, you know, you this guy, what, what really fascinated me about Ish is that he really loves to experiment with different types of tobacco. I've done it to a certain level. I mean, as people know, in, in my blends, I use Peruvian, and that's not even really that far outside of the of the realm of cigars. And Ish will tell us his story about some of the tobaccos that he was using. Like, I never even heard of people using tobacco from <laughs> it's Ireland. just laughing. Wait, did you say uh, Irish? I, Irish tobacco? I, Irish tobacco. Irish tobacco. Romanian tobacco. I mean, the types of tobacco, I'm like, you know what? This is either going to be a really awful cigar or very fascinating. And then I was, I had the pleasure to actually meet Ish in person a couple months ago. We shared a cigar. He uh, was gracious enough to let me try some of his cigars. And I tell you what, I I tried like five, six of his cigars and I liked them all. They were all very different. He's going to probably talk about them and I don't want to give away too much. But like, for instance, his Romanian uh, tobacco cigar Claude Vlad, I guess based on Vlad the Impaler and 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 cool things. He he's just done a lot of cool things. And I don't think enough people really know who he is. And uh I'd like to help change that. Not only because he's a good guy, but he's got good tobacco and uh, and it and the world needs to know who Ish is. So Ish, welcome to the Simply Stogies podcast. I know you've done a few of these Thank podcasts, <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to have you on our show. No, I'm happy to be here. So, Ish, let me let me start out where I start with everybody, and that's that's the beginning. And uh, how did you get into cigars? Now, looking at at, at the website, uh, you know, Banff Cigars website, it's it's veteran owned, uh, and I think when people in the U.S. see veteran owned, they immediately think U.S. military. Uh, they immediately think that, and so it's it. Tell us your story. How did you get into cigars? Where did you get in, into cigars? Uh, and then we'll talk about the company and and why you did what you did with that. Well, I was uh, I was born and raised in Spain. So in Spain, tobacco is all tobacco, uh, from cigarettes to a pipe tobacco to a cigarette uh, cigars, is very common to um, everybody smokes. And the funny thing that happened over there, that over here doesn't happen, is that the or fascinating more than funny is that everybody rolled their own cigars. So I saw rolling cigars and cigarettes and everything since I was a kid. So I always had that thing. I started to smoke cigarettes, sorry to say guys, when I was thirteen, and cigars when I was fourteen, thank you to my father. It was no good experience, but I started <laughs> when I was fourteen. And then, uh, back in 1999, uh, I moved over here to the United States in Florida. I still had that heavy accent. Sorry, guys. It's just what I have. But, um, but uh, around 2003, uh, I started to go a little more into how to 
you know, do the cigars, blend the cigars. Uh, I have experience from before from Europe, but I want to do it here. And I started to do some blending over here, some rolling over there. And then in 2015, I said, you know what? Uh, I, I'm sick and tired to do cigars for other companies, to do this, to do that. What about, you know, um, we do something for us? And it's when we start with the first factory in 2015, second factory 2016, third factory 2018, and in 2022, the fourth factory in Zimbabwe. So, and that's how it started. Wow. Was was the original plan, was it always badass motherfucker? I'm assuming that's what BAMF stands for, is badass motherfucker. Yes, that's yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, that's sure, so, yeah. So what happened, uh, I have a very good friend of mine that uh, he's a former uh, Marine and he's still a, a SWAT team for a Palm Beach Sheriff Office in uh, Florida, uh, Palm Beach County. And just happened that he patrols my neighborhood. It was one of his places to go around. And his father just happened that is my wife's boss. She's a dental hygienist and they work in his father, my partner. Um, father is on the, fat, the, the, the factory, the factory, the office. Say, hey, why you don't call Ishan Kerry? And when you patrol or whatever, you can stop in your, you know, in your breaks or whatever. And, and he said, but man, uh, normally I finish a bit about 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. He said, he's never asleep. He's like a vampire. Don't worry about it. Yes, yes, call him. <laughs> so he started to call me. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, come. And I have, you know, all my cigars that I brought from Europe, the cigars that I brought myself, all of this. And after, I would say, six months, seven months, we said the same thing. Let's do our own cigar. And both of us, we came with the band. It was funny because uh, I say BAMF, I say badass motherfucker. I say, what the hell? We just came like that. And uh, we have the same background, more or less, and in Europe, here, over here. And that's how we start. And here we are today. Yeah, so you both have a, a military background, uh, yes. and, and you had a military background. Like you've been in the military for quite a bit, uh, and obviously he's you know still you know doing his thing. How important was it for you when you were putting this together to really integrate your background in in the military into that? Because looking at the website, looking at the cigars, like, there's obviously a theme there. A lot of them look <laughs> like ammunition. Yeah, they are. Well, it was, uh, everybody can smoke a cigar. Everybody. Everybody is free to go to a lounge. Everybody can do whatever. But um, it's in a good and a bad thing. Uh, military personnel, now to this day, more or less, they look good uh, for uh, other people. Before, it was not like that. Go back to Vietnam, go back to all those services. It was not that good. Police, it can be good. But sometimes it looks very bad. So we say, you know what? We for responders, we better than both of us. We want to do something just for the first responders at first. And if pick up, we open to the public. And that's how we start. We start, yes, you know, military and, and law enforcement, first responders, and they see what happened. But it started to get really popular, so we open to everyone. And from that, the next brand, the next brand, the next brand, the next brand. When you first when you first came to this country, mm -hmm. what was the biggest change as far as tobacco culture from Europe to the United States? Now, I've asked a couple of guys in the industry this, um, and Nick is, is you know, I know his opinion on what's different because he sells internationally. Um, but you have a different perspective because you're from Europe. Like yes. what, what is, what's the big difference uh, in the tobacco culture from there to here? 
totally different. So, for instance, uh, the most uh, tobacco that you're going to smoke, cigar that you're going to smoke in Europe, is Cuban tobacco because it's uh, it's right there. You know, it's, it's uh, remember that the Spain until they sold for some reason to China not too long ago. It was 49%. You never can say with Cuba 50-50, it's not such a thing. Cuba will be 51, and Spain was 49. And I grew up smoking Cuban cigars. So Cuban cigar for me was normal. So when I moved uh, here the first time in 1999, and I went to a, to a lounge, because over in Spain, we don't have lounges. We have clubs. So it's not a lounge that you can go and buy a cigar or whatever. It's a club. You can buy cigars for manufacturers, for retailers, or whatever, with your license. And it's just like a, like a club, like a membership. And everything is Cuban. So probably I smoke not too many of the new war until I came over here. And I, I, I saw them before. I smoked one or two, but it was not too much. The big difference is that. And the second difference is that people over there, uh, they are like a... Like uh, I don't know how you say in English when you put to the to the horse these things over here that they only go. They have blinders, 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 blinders. So they have uh, whoever smoked this cigar is that cigar and that's it. What is it's how it is over here is more open, totally open. Really, and if that's I, what I love. Yeah. If I can add something ish, I remember. Um, you know, I, I had you know my background is I did overseas first before I came to the U.S., but I was doing different types of business, but I was a cigar smoker. And the one thing when you would give somebody a cigar and you would tell them, oh, this this is Cuban? I'm like, no, it's not Cuban. (laughs) And they would say, oh, it's fake. That would be the first word. I've told this story. So if it wasn't Cuban, it was fake. Then when they tried to be nice, but, but when they tried to be nice, then they would lump every cigar that was made as Dominican. So, oh, it's a Dominican cigar, Dominican cigar. No, not really. This is not Dominican cigar. And it only was until not too long ago, like five years ago, where the term New World really took root outside of the U.S. And people were calling, you know, cigars that weren't Cuban New World because they realized with all the changes and the scare of America opening up to Cuba with Obama's changes, that's where they were forced. So it used to drive me crazy. They would call a non-Cuban cigar fake. Now, that sentiment has changed, as Ish will tell you, but it took a while, and it's still going to be a long way oh, because yeah. where it used to be 99% was Cuban, now that percentage is going, and eventually there's going to be a parody at some sort, just yeah. like I like to use the example of uh, uh, like uh, uh, California wines and French wines. and But, but Ish, I got to ask you, you were in Spain. Sure. What brought you to the U.S.? It wasn't cigars, right? You came here for work, for business, for better life? It, I mean, it, you know, what brought you here? It was to have my first vacation after many, many years in the service. Wow. My first vacation for three months. The thing is that the, being in the service and being a, a police instructor over there as well, uh, I have an investigation in uh, office and my partner has you know like um, a son and a daughter and always he oh you had to meet my daughter you had to meet my daughter I say listen I don't want you know pleasure and work forget about it you had to you had you had I say okay so one day I see this beautiful woman coming through and I say who the hell is that I say oh man I couldn't trust you my daughter well happened what it had to happen and he put me in a balance <laughs> I say yeah you put me in a balance I say you know what 
uh, I got to, you know, just to try. So I came for three months. That was 23 years back. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, I That's guess a- you, uh, you came for the... Came the for the vacation and stayed. Yeah. stayed for the stayed dinner. For is the that what? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And believe me, I don't have a vacation whatsoever. That was my only three months of vacation. And that then, was it. Uh-uh. No, no, in the last 23 years, that was the last last vacation you ever took. That's yep. fun. So, it, okay. So this, like, this strikes me from what you just said, where people in, uh, you know, the tobacco cult- culture in Europe is everyone has blinders on. They smoke the one cigar they like. They don't try different things. But when mm-hmm. Nick was introducing, you know, you ish and then your company, Banff, he was saying you try, you experiment with different tobaccos, you Irish tobacco. I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, is that like an Irish coffee? Like, I don't, I don't, what, like, what Romanian, I never even heard of Romanian tobacco. Like, I know all of these places grow tobacco. You know, I, I live in the state of Iowa and in Iowa, we used to grow tobacco a lot. We never used it. Yeah. In, you know, we don't use well, it in cigars now. So like what, what changed for you? Because it sounds like the culture in Europe is much different than the culture here. So what made you yeah, do that? It's totally different. What happened is that I always say this if somebody asks me and probably I sound like a, like a broken record, but you know, if you go to Nicaragua, uh, mostly it's going to be Nicaraguan tobacco. They proud of where they're coming from and the products done over there. You go to the VR, the same thing. You go to Cuba, the same thing. You go to Honduras, the same thing, and so forth and so on. Italy, Spain, whatever. And then here you are, or here I am, an Spaniard from Spain, living in the United States, married to a Trinidian woman, having a Chinese dog, an American bully. Excuse me, English bully. So, you know, why are going to just to stay, just, poof, just get out of your comfort zone, you know, get out. And I went to Transylvania, which is Romania now, and I said, oh, wow, within 20 miles from the actual castle, they grow tobacco. So I try it, I like it, I say, how much it is? This much, how much you have that? I said, don't, here's a check. No, no checks, okay. Here's a, no, 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 guys, I said, no problem. What you want, this McCoy, boom, send it to the DR. I went to Ireland. I went to many places. Now we have a sister company in Zimbabwe. So he said, I like to have, you know, like a, being almost like a chef, you can have the same ingredients, but if you play around with the li- different things, it's going to taste a little better or a little whatever. So I'm not saying that my cigars is going to taste better, is that I take the chance to try it. And if it's good, I'll put it out. If it's not good, I will not even smoke it myself. But it's, you, you have to open yourself, you know. It's not just one thing all the time, all the time. Just experience. So I guess the follow-up to that would be, I, I I know a little bit about blending and what I know about blending, like both you and Nick have forgotten about blending. So my question is this. <laughs> what Usually when you're blending a cigar, if I'm not mistaken, you you roll up the, the Fuma, right? The, just the one tobacco. And you're smoking that and you taste that and you taste another one. You try to taste them together to kind of figure out what's going to work for whatever profile and whatever blend you're trying to put together, whatever your vision is for that particular um, cigar that you're starting to blend. If that's the case, like I can just picture you in Romania or Transylvania, 20 miles from, uh, you know, Vlad and Playler's castle and you're smoking this, the Fuma, right? The right. one of the, and you're like, Please. yes. And you're like, I can, I, how do you put that together? Because as someone who likes to cook fat guy, I love to cook, love to eat, 
love to taste. How, how can you put that ingredient together when you have everything else is back in the Dominican or in Zimbabwe or wherever the factory is at or wherever your blending is at? It's all, it's different. Like, how do you go? Yes, this is it. I can picture this in my palate. It's exactly the same. It is, it's no easy by any means. I think it's a little easy when you've been years and years doing it. So what I do, yes, like you said, I pick up one leaf, roll it by itself, cut two or three parts. Then I pick up from the same Romania, I will pick up another leaf, put it together and so on until you make a Romanian or Transylvanian pure. So now you have the whole concept of the cigar. Obviously, I always travel with cigars no matter where I go. And I always have a night with me. And I just open the thing and mix together. So if I cannot bring the leaves, I will open a cigar, put it together, as long as I say, whoa, I'll be down. That works. And you know, it's by memory many times, but I always have cigars with me, and I will go on and so open the cigar. And kind of you're dissecting oh, yes. cigars on the... And then rolling, Jesus Christ! That's a skill I like. I can't imagine me fumble fucking around just trying to roll a cigar regularly. And you're like, I'm just going to cut this one open and then re-roll the thing. I cannot yeah. imagine that. Nick, is that something like? Is that something you've done before? Well, I've used leaves. I've never cut open a cigar. Um, basically, what what Ish is describing in my head, what I'm thinking of, I've experimented with different tobaccos as well. And either you have an idea of what type of cigar you want to blend or you taste a cigar or a type of tobacco and say, you know what? I think if I add in your head, as Mm -hmm. he said, memory, I have this memory, this memory. I wonder how this will interact with this. You don't know until you try it. Sometimes you have an idea. Uh, The more experience, obviously, the better you are at it. But what people need to understand that tobacco is a weed and it'll grow anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. But Absolutely. the soil, the soil that it grows in is where it gets all its properties, depending on the nutrients, depending on what is being brought up into those stalks, into those leaves. And it's entirely different. And I think most people have gotten used to their comfort zone, as Ish was saying, that you know, I always go into shops and it's amazing how people don't like to change a lot of times, you know, like no, no disrespect to Nicaraguan tobacco. I love Nicaraguan tobacco. Uh, I use it all the time. Same thing with Dominican. But who's to say there isn't other countries? There's, they say at least, I know for a fact, 80 different countries that produce tobacco. And how many of those types of tobacco do we really try in this country? And when they try something different, a lot of times, some people don't like it. Some people go, uh, no, no, this doesn't taste what I'm used to. I was like telling a story about George Burns and how he always smoked that one very inexpensive cigar. So no matter what you gave that man, he always went back to his cigar. And that's how a lot of people are. But for the people that really want to learn about tobacco and cigars and and really go down that journey and find, I always say, I don't know about you-ish, but the, your next best cigar, your, your next cigar could be your favorite. You don't know if you've never tried Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally right. Ish, let me ask right. you this. Because you said you, sure. you you started smoking cigarettes when you were 13, cigars when you were 14. Yeah. yeah. When did you start rolling cigars? Like, how did that occur? Because, again, I can't imagine. Like, Nick's never done it. <laughs> Taking cigars. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. <laughs> cut this cigar <laughs> open. No, no. I've, I've, I've cut open cigars to dissect, to just basically look at them, not to re-roll. Not to re-roll. You know? That's what I'm saying. No. He's actually no. re-rolled. 
Like to me, that's a, that's a skill. And I'm not saying you couldn't do a Nick. I'm guessing you probably could certainly do it more proficiently than I could, but ish, I, again, you're out in the field, you're, you're smoking these fumas. You're like, I'm going to mix this with whatever Mm -hmm. cigar I've got now. Like, so when did you start rolling? How did you, like, where did you learn? Uh, and how long have you been rolling? Well, rolling your, everyone like I was telling you before, uh, when you are born in, in Spain, not, not in Spain, different countries in Europe, you roll your own cigar and your own cigarette. Then obviously you go to the store and you buy whatever, but you have kids that you can go, you know, and, and do it. And I've been rolling for, for forever, but mostly since 2003 is when I started to uh, roll a little more and blend because I always play with the cigar and roll just for myself, but that was it. But then people start to ask me, hey, what about you playing a cigar for me? What about it? So I say, whoa, this is no hobby no more. So I'm making money with this. It's no hobby anymore. You know, normally you pay for hobbies. Yeah. When you get in pay, it's no hobby anymore. <laughs> so it's a job. Uh, I said, yeah, uh, now I have to be serious. <laughs> and I used to do a little more. And, but uh, I've been running for, for, I'm playing for forever. So is that just years, part of the? Is that part of the culture over there, ish? Because I mean, yeah. here, you know, you, you you can see somebody every once in a while rolling up a cigarette. Most usually now it's a joint, but uh, you don't normally see somebody sitting down and rolling their own cigar. So it, it, it's got to be a cultural thing, right? It's just something that's ingrained a, in the culture over there. It is a culture, probably my generation, and maybe the one after me. It was the last one. You're not gonna see. I'm 50 years old, but but you see people maybe in the 40s, 50s, and above, they will do it. You don't want to see no one today is day in the 20s, 30s, even 35 doing it. They say, hell no. I go so, to the, it's called Stanco. I buy my cigars and my cigars and screw that, you know. They so more, they, they lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're not seeing millennials and Gen, Gen Zs running around no, rolling. It, no, it's no, Generation no, X was no. the last one that was. Yeah, yeah, no, Generation yeah. X rules. Everybody else kind of sucks. Sorry, yeah. Nick. I, I, wait, Nick, are you Gen X or are you? No, I'm older than Ish. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my I'm in my mid fifties. Okay. Um, not that I like to brag about yeah. it, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, how old did you feel? Right you now. Well, in that, if that's the case, I'm 13. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 95 then. Because everything <laughs> hurts. Everything hurts. Oh, now. I'm going. <laughs> I, my body, my mind. Oof, forget about it now. Now, so I brought up the rolling thing because we were talking a little bit before we we got started here, Ish. And you're obviously for those of you watching and not listening to, uh, to the podcast, you're in a hotel room, and yes. you're traveling around. And when you're traveling around to support the the brand Banff, you're also rolling cigar. You're doing rolling events. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Is this a, you really like rolling? You love, I love it. The culture and everything about you have to, right? Because you like that's I, a I love it. Every night before I go to bed on my house, when I'm over here, obviously, because I do it as a job. But when I go, uh, I back home, and uh, before I go to bed, I roll a cigar to the point that now my wife you roll cigars. I said to me, what do you think about this? I said, stop blending. You just roll the cigar, okay? <laughs> I said, stop blending. You know, I don't take my job. But, um, I, I think the I, art of rolling um, is definitely just that, an art. And watching people do it for so many years, um, you know, I thought about learning 
And I mean, I basically learned to the point where I just roll my own cigars when I'm blending because mm-hmm. I got tired of having other people do it and waiting. I have the blender, you know, I have the roller roll this. So I can roll my own. I don't put a very fancy cap on and things like that. But to really make a nice cigar, there's just such an art to it that, again, it, it's a very unique thing and people enjoy seeing it, you know, at events they do. That's why they have weddings with with rollers. <laughs> There's something that you watching human hands make something and create things. And I, I love the creation and, and the creative process. And I give a lot of respect and hands down to anybody that rolls as well as blends. It's uh, it's definitely easier when you roll to be able to, to do more yeah. blending. It makes the job much easier for sure. And not to go on uh, too political here, but I, I've always said that I feel like there's a first amendment argument here in the U S with, with cigars and the art of cigars and the art of making cigars, because it is an art like Nick said, and there is a skill to it and there is so much beauty and depth to it. Um, and, and the blender and the roller can convey what they're trying to as an artist through their blends and through their, mm-hmm. through the cigars that they roll. So to segue off of that ish, what is it? that you're trying to convey with some of your cigars, like with, with what, what's the feeling? What's the, like, what's behind it? Uh, first of all, I'm a very nervous guy. I will be like this, the holy, and it's a few things that they calm me down. It's just pick up the cigars, the leaves and go, you will see me like, are you alive? Are you, are you okay? You in mute? <laughs> I just, no, 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 no. My video is moving. I guess it's my hands. Say, wow, man, you're always moving around. And that made me feel good. I'm calm. As a matter of fact, before this uh, interview right now, uh, you got me clean my bathroom. Uh, I almost say my bathroom. I, I clean my bathroom as well because I was spraying the leaves on the, on the bathtub. And I was, it's called the spalier, <laughs> taking the steam from the, I, everything was a mess. And I brought about 20, 30 cigars just uh, because somebody wanted to try. And that's what I did before this, over here in this table on the, on the room. And it calmed me down. Good. Only thing, to be honest, it pissed me a little off. I brought my brother with me, who he's a blender as well. He didn't allow me to roll in Texas, just one cigar. Over here, about four cigars. I said, buddy, I said, well, you brought me over here to roll. I'm the guy doing this. What you want to roll? I said, well, it's nice when they see that, you know, that the owner of the company can roll. And everybody knows that, but nobody showed me. Do as Yes, like a, my blood is like, a, can I, can I, can I? I can say, okay, you can. <laughs> I love it. I just love it, to be honest. You said something. It. You said something earlier about your wife rolling cigars that yeah. that's it right okay so what's yeah. what's what's the trick because I, I nick your wife doesn't doesn't smoke she doesn't want anything to do with cigars right uh she's accepted the fact that i'm in the cigar business yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah. let's Leave, give it that but it. that's about as far as it goes and you know what i can't ask for uh, at least you know she allows that because there's a lot of people that you know, their wives uh, control them to the point of if you can't enjoy what you love to do, I will say this. Mm. She did encourage me, even though she really doesn't like cigars in the beginning where ish calmed down with it made me think about why I got into cigars to begin with. I'm also a very 
nervous type of guy where I'm always mm-hmm. active. My brain's going a million miles a minute and I never could find a way to relax. So for me, the first time I had a cigar, and again, I've never done any drugs. I never smoked a cigarette. I never smoked anything other than a cigar and a pipe. And I remember the first time I had a cigar and I said, wow, I can relax. And so I used to give myself an hour when I started was like an hour a week, one hour where I knew nothing else was going to go through my mind except the enjoyment of that particular cigar. Now, of course, I smoke way too much, but it's part of my job. It's part of my life and it is what it is. But I still enjoy it. It's it, it represents a different thing. But there are people like Ish. I, I remember talking to Luciano and certain other people that the leaf calms them in a way that uh, you can't really describe until you see them interact with the leaves. You know what I mean? I interact with the cigars. I love interacting with the end product. And when I've done my stuff, when I can create something that I've said, hey, you know what? I think this is good or I like it. That gives me incredible pleasure. But to be able to actually sit and roll every day and do stuff, that, that's a whole nother level. And uh, I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what that's what got me into cigars. I, I've said it before, you know, my, my daughter was one year old at the time. And I'm like, dad just needs some time. You know, and it started as just like a dram of scotch. What can I pair with scotch? And it turned out that you can pair cigars with scotch pretty well. Uh, and so that's, uh, kind of where we're at now. I don't drink anymore and I just, I just, uh, smoke cigars. But again, I want to go back to ish. Was, was your wife always into, uh, tobacco and into cigars or was this something that no. you, you kind of helped bring her along on, on your journey? No, she hated, she hated, she used to be a, a cigarette smoker, but I talking 50, 60 years back when we started to get together uh, or when we were together and, I used to smoke in both cigars and cigars. Never like a, uh, Nick said, never I did drugs, never did nothing else. Yes, cigars and cigars, and that's, that's what I like. And uh, finally, about a year, year and a half ago, she just gave up. I said, listen, <laughs> if I cannot win, I better, you know, make, you know, alliance with you. And okay, what you find so interesting about this, so passionate about this, I said, sit down over there. I put some leaves. What do I do with this? I say, yes, follow me. So I put the leaves, do this. And remember, she was in a dental office. She worked with her hands. So for her, work, her, her tools are her fingers. You know, she's, it's good. So I start to roll and I say, nah, that was luck. I say, okay, do it again. <laughs> uh, still luck. Third time I say, fuck me. She's going to take my <laughs> position. You know? I say, what the hell is going on over here? So... She does not do blend, but she can roll the cigar. Uh, when I mean when I mean rolling cigar, is just like a, a cowboy, like a cheerio, like a gabillero. So she will not do, you know, the whole bones thing in big, you know, ring gates and putting the press and and roll it. You know, just like a, the typical yes, rough cigar per se. But she love it, and now. Uh, when I used to have my humidors, my whole my whole house is a humidor. Uh, open now. Sometimes I swear I had to close it down because when I come back, oh, I was trying this cigar. Ah, <laughs> ah, that was the only cigar I had for back when, and this and this and that. So now she became a smoker. As a matter of fact, she became part of the Sister of the Leaf Global Movement, and because I know here in Tennessee uh, now. She went uh, last Saturday, 
and has a big event with a wrong event, and we were the only cigar factory over there, and everybody, the VIPs were pairing with my pure African cigar from Don Oliver. They were pairing over there, tons of contacts, and she was the one talking about the cigars, how everything came, everything. So now she's very into the cigars. Yeah, so. you need to come talk to my wife. I, she was very gracious to let me have the basement and turn it into the studio and lounge. Uh, but that's as far as her generosity with it goes. Uh, it's always, you're spending way too much on cigars. What did you buy this, you know, today? Like, why? Like, you have so many down there. Why don't you just, yeah. yeah. So you need to come talk to my wife-ish and let's, let's no get her. Problem. Let's get her, let's get her on board. <laughs> so you work with a lot of different tobaccos. A lot of yes. different tobaccos. Other tobaccos, mm-hmm. like tobaccos that other companies uh, and other brands just don't touch. Do you feel like you're able to do that because you are boutique? Because you are the the small guy that you're able to kind of experiment and maybe get away with it more so than what some of the bigger brands could do? And to be honest, no. To be honest, because I was not born and raised in the cigar industry. I was not born in a country that it was only tobacco. So what it was, uh, you know, I was born and raised is uh, just in the body with friends. So obviously it's in the Basque country inside Spain that you have Portugal very close. You have France right there. You have Italy right there, Germany right there. So it's, it's, it's you know, like a tourifruri, like I call it, it's many people from all over the place. Right. So I know it's, I never, I stand by many things, but not for just one thing. So it has to be something else. And uh, you, the only thing I do, it has to be at least a good quantity of tobacco to produce for a few years. If I only have, you know, tobacco to make a thousand cigars and it's good, probably will say limited edition, which I never did. I will do something like that so people can try it, not just me. I know selfish whatsoever. Not just to make the money, because obviously we're in the business to make money, but my prices are very low compared with another prices and what I had to pay to bring the cigars, not cigar, the tobacco. But uh, I believe that is just because I know the place, you know, being in, uh, in the military, being a law enforcement instructor and law enforcement myself, being in 69 countries already. So I saw m- multicultural things, you know, different food, different uh, uh, beverages, different everything, clothing, everything. So I like to put everything, you know, I like that when I was in Germany. I like that when I was in Angola. I like that when I was in Cameroon. So I like to put things that I like, that I remember I like and put it together into a cigar. If it makes so, any sense. Yeah, it does. Absolutely, it does. So you mentioned limited editions, right? Do you feel, yeah. and I, like this is going to get into like the opinion piece of uh, of things, but do you feel like the industry as a whole has too many limited editions that they've yes. kind of jumped the shark and so you're trying to stay away from that? Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is. So if it's a boutique that, like I said, for instance, you know, that they only can have the hands to roll let's call a thousand, two thousand, three thousand cigars. And they cannot find us that tobacco anymore. Yes, that's a limited edition. But when you see big names that they have limited edition every six months and need the same cigar, I say, well, I thought it was limited edition 12 years back. <laughs> but, but it's still limited edition today. That's kind of weird. It's not, well, yeah, but we have more lists now. Well, so it's not limited edition no more. Well, yeah, it's the name. Well, <laughs> you know, but... To each his own. So it's, I will not do a limited edition at least that is something I cannot get anymore. Or maybe I have to wait, you know, another two or three years between the harvest, you know, the fermentation process, 
try to see if it's the same that it was three years back. If it's something like that, yeah, I might do one. The only thing I did limited edition, it was on the blood of blood because of the quantity and the time that I had to do it. So I finished just before a Halloween and my bosses got straight. So they were totally destroyed because of hurricanes oh. and weather and this and that. So not the tobacco, you know, the, we don't do the boxes in the factory and it was flooded. So I had to make a limited edition. I don't put limited edition in the box. I say, guys, it is a limited edition because I had no box. You want the cigars? <laughs> I can give you cigars. <laughs> but other than that, you know, yeah, I, I get the limited edition or special edition. I might go more with a special edition, you know, that this year is something nice, good, that maybe you need another two or three years to get it. Good. But limited, really, really, really. If it's limited, what you start with. And I think, let, uh, let me... Go ahead. Go ahead. What I was going to say is uh, I have to agree with Ish. I'm on the same. Look, in this country especially, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, it's what it is. Uh, marketing sells cigars. It's all about marketing. And uh, the way that we have trained our consumers in this country where they're constantly looking for what's the latest, what's the newest, what's the newest cigar. There's a lot of things that you can get new and there's a lot of things you can make, but why is everything a limited edition? Because everybody wants to have it, you know, build that urgency. And you're right. The big companies in this, I of all the cigars I've made, I have one limited edition. And the reason it's limited is because I don't think I can ever buy that tobacco again. And so knowing that, when eventually I run out of that tobacco, if people say to me, hey, what? look, that's why this one really is limited. I'm not yeah. saying how limited it is, but I have it. And when it's done, it'll be done. And I'll never be able to create that again because I'll never be able to get that tobacco again that I know of. So at the time, that's the way I believe in it. But I did learn one thing. With limited editions or anything that's somewhat urgency, people want to try it, you know, which – yes. You know, it's it's the United States. You know, we talk about what I do love about the foreign market outside of the U.S. People are so much more apt to try things, uh, yes. not as based on the label. I, I joke with all my friends. I call certain guys label smokers and this and that. And, and you know, look, it, it is what it is. But if you try a cigar for what it is or what it can be, or a new experience, that's what the, the cigar journey is, at least for me, and I think for people that are in the industry that are doing it for the love of it. And, and in all fairness, I'm not taking it away from anybody because I think anybody, and I've said this many times, anybody that's in this industry at whatever level, in whatever job, whatever you are, you have to enjoy this job and you have to enjoy tobacco to do it because there's a lot easier ways to make a buck, right? And, right. and not only that, you think about it, when uh, somebody doesn't matter you small or you big, you say limited edition, and you're not going to have it anymore uh, if it's legit. You know, like uh, you have it every six months, it's still the same limited edition, but you have it, you know, every nothing, not every some so often. No, it's limited because it's limited. You cannot get no more. That cigar it become from being to say numbers a ten dollar cigar, it can come to a thirty dollar cigar, and people will pay it because it's limited. I pay myself. This something is limited. And then five years later, somebody's gonna sell that cigar that costs you 30, it's gonna sell it for a hundred bucks. But why? Because it's limited. But these other companies that they say limited, 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 and it's still the same price, you cannot do that. It's not it's not collectible anymore because it's limited edition every year or every six months. So 
<clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, I I I don't like uh, the I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like on my own uh, factories to put limited edition unless that truly is just you know if it's under a thousand cigars, I will not even do it. I will smoke it myself. I'll give it to my friends. Yeah. So if it's about 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 that people can get it and smoke about it and talk about it, for good or bad, I will do it. But if it's too tiny on the quantity, I don't even do that. I guess it's walking myself and then kill myself. So we're talking about limited quantities of tobacco, limited runs. Um, and you deal with a lot of different tobaccos, as we've covered. Yeah. For you as a boutique company, and you are boutique as fuck, as, as yes. Jeremy Castagli would say, boutique as fuck. Um, what is the, what's your biggest challenge? Is it procuring the same tobaccos year after year to keep the blends the the same as they've been and have the same recipes and, or is it something different? What's the biggest challenge for you as a boutique cigar, uh, company owner? My challenge is not to get the tobacco because I'm just a boutique brand. I own the factories. So I make sure that for every cigar I produce for me or different brands, which I produce cigars for over 80 other companies, uh, I have tobacco is between five to 10 years, you know, I have a store that they will have the cigars very consistent. Remember, from the same farm, from the same harvest, it's not taste the same. Right. What is uphill and downhill, but people for some reason think like, no. It's not. It's, it's, it's no miracles in life. But uh, so the, talking about the boutique, probably is, uh, the challenge is uh, introducing the cigar because most people it will be, you know, oh, I never hear about the cigar or I hear about it, but uh, you guys uh, uh, military or you police or you this or you that. So it's, it's, the only challenge is that being, depends the owner of the, of the retail store, how they are going to add. But the independent states that you go. For instance, you know, uh, uh, you go on with BAMF in Florida, you golden. Louisiana, you golden. Uh, Colorado, you golden. Texas, you golden. You know, everything that has to do with rise of weapons and this and this and carry, you golden. Now, you go to another states and you say, eh, you're not golden at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, it's, it's depends. I believe that the, the challenge is only have the right people to represent you is one of the biggest challenges because you cannot do the whole thing. You know, my wife told me and my parents uh, told me all my life, you had to learn to delegate. And this guy is my only one. He never learned how to delegate because every time I delegate something, even in my construction business, mistakes happens. And the guy paying for the mistakes is this guy. Right. And I had to pay this guy to do this. And then I had to go my time and fix this mistake. Tobacco, the same thing. So finally, I having I put together a nice team. Now it's not gonna, it's challenging for the brands and tobaccos and boutique. But at least when you have a team that they can help you, and it's not you just twenty four seven over there trying to you know make happy everyone, trying to make this, trying go to the factory. Now you have to come over here do a role in the band. Now, man, that that's that's like oh, at the end of the day you say, whoa, what's my name? You know. It's, <laughs> That's a challenge. <laughs> Where am I at? Where am I at? What yeah, town yeah. am I in again? Like, yeah, it's a, yeah. it could be a grind, right? For sure. So yeah. how do you, when you go to a new lounge, when you go to a new B&M and you're trying to open up a new account, like what's for you, what's the selling point? What do you tell the B&M owner? How do you get them to first try your cigars? Because they have people coming in all the time. Hey, you know, I, I roll in my basement. Like, 
check out my my brand, do this. How do you get them to try the cigar? And then how do you sell them on, like, carry my brand? Let's see how it does. When I do it myself, uh, I will not go with Banff or Arosia, which is Roriz or Lansiga Factories or this. And my cigars, it will look, yes, I show you right now. It's the one that I just roll. Okay? So let me see if I can turn around. My cigars, it will be like this, unbanded. I will go. I will buy a cigar. I will sit down. I will look for people to, hey, how you doing? You knew around here, whatever. Somebody know me, and screw it. They don't know me, it's even better. So I say, yeah, what is my, oh, look. It's a nice cigar, try it. What is that? I said, don't worry about it, try it. When they say, wow, it's a good cigar. I say, well, here's my car, and here's the cigar that you were smoking with my band. Because I'm not selling my band. I'm not selling, you know, the, the military thing, the police thing, the whatever the cigars come. I'm selling the product. First of all, I cannot sell to save my life. That's what I have read because I cannot sell to save my life. But I'm very honest. So I, you never will catch me in a lie because I'm very honest. And many people in the industry tell me, man, you're way too honest. Well, why ask me a question? You know me already. You don't want to hear different answers than the one that you want to hear. Don't ask me. So normally I go with abundant cigars, my cigars, and I will have another one in my little, you know, travel humidor. So, oh, I hear about this. Oh, my God, they're good. So, well, that's me. Here's a card. Thank you very much. Have a good day and keep going. I will never put a ban on a cigar if I want to sell because people buy with the eyes, with your eyes, you know. You can have an amazing, I don't know, a Ferrari Raider in the parking lot. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, the outside. The chassis is so destroy you open and it has no engine on it he says, oh, well it was nice so that's that's the ban in in the cigar so i want to people to not know who's making the cigar and try it and be honest and tell me you like it or you don't if there was one yes. thing that you want i'm sorry nick go ahead did you have something no no go ahead no. if there was one thing that you want people to know about bamf cigars about what it is you do what is it? What's that one thing? Like, I don't want like an elevator speech is what they call it. Like 30 second thing. I like just one thing that you think is important for people to know about what it is you do. I will say different kind of cigars. Try it. Like you say, I can go, you know, with a percentage to the military with that, that, nothing. Forget about the cigars. Something I will say different, totally different blends than anyone else out there. That's it. Try them. Yeah, no, well, for sure. Because you have, you, you definitely use a lot of different tobaccos that nobody else will even touch. Go ahead. Nick. Well, that, yeah. that's, that's what I, you know, what really attracted me to his cigars and to get him on the show is because I've yet to meet anybody in the industry. Everybody's got their little niche. Everybody's got their little, whatever their hook is to try to get in those stores and getting in those stores is a difficult thing. And the reality is the majority of stores, they just want the mainstream bands anyway. Yeah. So for the ones that don't, how do you differentiate yourself? Well, you do whatever is you, you know, as long as you're mm -hmm. original and real and that should come across, you know, and some people get it some people won't. But when I was explaining to James about ish, that's what I said. I said, look, the guy loves to experiment with tobacco and come up with different things. And because of his size and his direct involvement, you know, you can pivot a lot easier and you can make things a lot faster. And when you own your own factory, 
you know, it's such a world of difference than having to, uh, you know, and, and the majority of people that have brands out there, you know, they are, you know, they have to wait in line or they have to wait their turn or it's not so easy or they're not even making cigars that they really want to make. Yeah. So the only way you make your own cigars is if you do it. And uh, Ish embodies that type of uh, cigar maker. And and uh, that's why, you know, in my early career here, it's simple, uh, simply stogies. Simple you know, stogies, I wanted that bring, works. Si- simple, simply, whatever. <laughs> um, I, and I wanted people to, you know, I, you know, look, I'd love to get everybody on. I think everybody has a unique story, but for me, I, if it wasn't for a mutual friend, I would have never discovered, you know, ish. Um, so I'm fortunate to have met him and hopefully we can have a long-term friendship. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think we definitely will. Um, yes. and there's a lot of great people out there and I, and I want the rest of the cigar world to meet these kind folks and, uh, you know, I'm glad to have you on the show today, Ish. I'm uh, very fortunate, and I want people to really uh, experience your cigars. Thank you. No, I appreciate you guys. So you know, it's well. I, I've always somebody said, will know something else. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, I've always said that that stories sell cigars. People like a good story, yes. and people want to know the person who's blended it. Who's they want to know? Because if they know that person they can get to know them even more through the blends that they have. Right. And, sure. and so if they know that story and that's a story that they dig, that's a story that they really can sink their teeth into and be like, man, that's such a great story. And I think you have a great story. And beyond that, I think you have a great vision for what the cigar industry could be. And that's oh, like a melting pot, right? Like I'll take tobacco from wherever I can get the tobacco. If as long as it's good. So I, you know, you don't have a problem mm-hmm. using Romanian tobacco. You don't have a problem using Irish tobacco. Like again, tobaccos that aren't normally touched in the mainstream and you're able to put together these blends that really resonate with people. And then they get to know you and the story and it resonates even more. And so where can people find your cigars, Dish? They can in many launches, but if you go online, it will be bagmfcigars.com or rocfcigars.com. So I will make sure that the, those links are, are in the description. What's next Thank for Bam Cigars? What is next for, for Ish? What's what's going on? Well, we already have one cigar that a very good friend of mine, but in, uh, we know him. It's a nickname, uh, Koyak. Uh, I make cigars from him before, called it K.O. And he's a nice guy. He loves cigars. And he said, listen, Ish, I want you to do a blend for a thousand cigars. And I pay you for them and the boxes, but I know when I sell them. I'm gonna give to my to my good clients, whoever spend this much money, I give him this, this, that. And then she reached me out last year. And well, last year is two months ago, no, but but probably about five, six months. And I said, Man, you you say that you can have uh, uh, tobacco from Italy. I said, Yeah, absolutely, yes. He said, Wow. He likes like a challenge coins and things like that. Uh, so at least you guys are the first ones that know this. Nobody else knows. It's we came with a cigar called Mafioso. It's all Italian puro. It's not puro anymore because Italy cannot do a wrapper to save their lives. The tobacco is good, but the wrapper <laughs> they they no they too tough. They too they, they look like a binders. So we are going to use <clears throat> most probably a Havana wrapper, but everything else is 100% Italian, 
called Mafioso. It's going to be the Botellita style. It comes with the Italian coin that says Mafioso, and behind it, like the Al Capone guy with the, you know, with the, with the weapons, and the lighter that is just a, a bullet. He just opened the bullet and it's lighter. So he wanted to do just that with me, and uh, we never say public, just to two or three of my, of my reps, and all of a sudden I started to have uh, calls. And I believe that what theoretically is supposed to be, like we said before, limited edition because I don't want to do or we don't want to do that is one time and that's it. Magically, it's going to become a production because nice. it's so good. That I, I, cannot, <laughs> I, I cannot, no. And I had the tobacco. So it's, it was just to say because this guy want to do with me. Yeah, let's do limited edition, thousand cigars, hundred boxes. No, it's going to be a production. And so that's one that we're coming with. Very good. And then, uh, so a couple of things more, a few collaborations over there, here and there. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good year. Who's your favorite person to work with in the industry that you've worked with so far? Many people, uh, but that I work. Um, you're talking about everything: buying tobacco from, blending with, and yeah. uh, I. I love to uh, to buy tobacco and blend uh, something with. Uh, Leon Reyes, that guy is amazing. He's one of the biggest mm, to me, so I like him. Then he's uh, many other people that uh, that I like to talk with them, and, and you know, it's the the Hotchies. It's you know, which as a matter of fact, I rent one of the on one of my factories rent to them, so uh, from from them, it's uh, all of them really. It's all of them. It's no one company. Talking companies, uh, because right. you go right now to Instagram and everyone has a factory. <laughs> yeah. But then you're too unhappy and that guy's not even registered. And maybe, you know, doing cigars in the garage. So I'm talking real companies. I don't have one yet that I can say, you know, I will not do nothing with these guys or whatever. Yes, I can say a few companies. I will not do much because I don't like manipulation of the tobacco. Like uh, have the same... All of a sudden, all the cigars look the same and all of that. So obviously, that's no natural process. So it's two or three. They're nice people. They're doing business, but I disagree with that. So it will be just two or three of all the factories that probably I will not put my name with them. Yes, go party. Yes, whatever. He, he, ha, ha. But doing a collaboration or doing something like this, I will not. But I, everyone, everyone that I met, that boutique, two you know, huge guys, it's all good. It's all good. At that's least we're to together. Yeah, no, right. I mean, and that's good to hear because you hear horror stories uh, about the yeah. industry. But it, it's yeah. it, it's nice to hear that, that uh, you know, the industry can be welcoming uh, to, yes. to smaller brands, to the boutique brands. Um, and I think that's how we grow as a as a community is is sharing ideas. And you've got some of the the best out there where you're you're out there trying things that no one else has. Guys, Thank I'm you. telling you right now, go. Try Banff cigars. If you haven't tried it, you got to try it. Nobody else is using any of these tobaccos. So you're going to get an experience mm-hmm. that you're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, and, and you got to give these guys a shot. You will not be disappointed. And they're beautifully, beautifully rolled. Just there. It, 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 it's our to go look, go look Banff cigars, uh, dot com. Uh, and I'll put the links, uh, in the, in the description below. So make sure you check it out. Give it a try. Uh, Ishmael Olivan. Thank you so much, Ish. I appreciate your time tonight. 
My pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Nick, More thank fun. you for for hooking this up because this is it's just a great story, and uh, I'm I'm super excited to, that we had him on. I am as well. Thank you, Ish, for coming. No, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Next time, uh, I think it might just be Nick and I next time because I want to find out about Nick's trip to Cuba and see Uh-oh. what's going on there. Nick, is that you think you think you could do that? I think we could fill an hour very easily with uh, <laughs> the you information. Know. You know, it's uh, it'll be interesting. It always is. So. Yeah, what, uh, let's do this. I want to do this with you, Nick, real quick. The, what, what's the over under on if things have gotten better in Cuba since the last time you were there? Well, from, uh, you know, uh, constantly getting word from Cuba. Uh, last time I was there, as you know, was in September. I did not go November for the Partagas, the Amigos de Partagas Festival, because, you know, it's been disappointing. I have to say I was there in May. Uh, and you're talking to somebody that's been there every month for, you know, over a decade. And unfortunately, things have deteriorated. And from what I've seen now, um, things are, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Um, but I see they're still having power outages and uh, Internet problems uh, and, and all kinds of stuff. And, hey, listen, it's part of the beauty. It's part of the charm of Cuba. Uh, I just hope it gets better and uh, the tobacco is good. And uh, even if it's not, you know, I'm going to see all my friends and that's the best part of it. <laughs> that, that is indeed the best part. Go. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of uh, Simply Stogies. Again, we want to thank uh, Ish for coming on and sharing uh, his story with us in Vamp Cigars. Go check them out. That's Nick. I'm James. Until next time, stay smoky, friends. <laughs> 